Genesis chapter number 45 tonight. Genesis chapter number 45. See if we can get a roll on the preaching tonight. Genesis chapter number 45. When you found your spot, if you could, stand we'll reverence the word of God together. And um, feel very unprepared, as I said. Um, I know I got the message from the Lord that he wants here. Um, Genesis chapter number 45. We've been in our studies of Genesis. This is the 19th message on the life of Joseph. And uh, we are coming to a close, but not not yet. We still got, I believe we'll still get about five messages at least out of it. And uh, at least, I mean, we got five chapters left. We can get more than that if you want to. But um, I can preach them all over again. I have, I've had a good time. I've had a good time. I really have. And, and so this is uh, message number 19. And um, Genesis chapter number 45 is where we'll find our place. Last week at Mount Carmel, we had a time. At a time, I mean, God was in it all day long. So, and I tell you, we uh, preached on that simple fact that um, there were some things that changed when uh, when the brethren seen Joseph, when the brethren got to meet Joseph, when Joseph revealed himself to him. And uh, but we're gonna skip some verses. We 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 read the fifteen last week, and we're gonna skip down to verse twenty five and preach those because. Well, first of all, the reason we're going to skip them because I actually covered the rest of those verses last week. I just didn't preach them, but I covered them. And so verse 25, the Bible says of chapter 45 of the book of Joseph, of Genesis. Chapter, verse 25, the Bible says, And they went up out of Egypt, they as in the brethren, and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. How about that? And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons, which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. And Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. Let's go to, let's go to chapter 46. And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac and God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes and Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried, him, carried Jacob, their father, and their little ones, and their wives in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. I'm not going to jump way ahead, but I'm, I want to right now, because I don't know if you know anything about them wagons, but them wagons are carrying some precious cargo. And they're heading to a precious land, and they're heading to a precious leader of that land too. Hallelujah. I just alliterated that message right there, and that wasn't even my points. But I might preach those in just a minute. And so, and they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, which you will not take to heaven, by the way. That's not what that's talking about. And came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons, his sons' sons with him, and his daughters, and his sons' daughters, and 
and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. Thank you for standing tonight. You can be seated. Lord, we love you. Pray God you'd help. We pray God that you would have preeminence in this message, that you'd help your people here. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Nineteenth message on the life of Joseph, and I believe it'd do us well to do a short review of the series thus far. So, if we were to look back, Joseph was the eleventh son of uh, Joseph was the eleventh of Jacob's twelve sons. Okay, he was the eleventh out of the twelve. He was also his father's favorite son. Right, uh, he was his father's favorite son. His ten older brethren, jealous of Joseph's relationship with the father, and they grew to hate their brother to such an extent that they sold him as a slave, cast him in a pit and sold him as a slave. Joseph, as a slave, took him to uh, Egypt. He got to Egypt and he went to the man by the name of Potiphar's house. He went to Potiphar's house and in Potiphar's house he did great there for some time, but eventually he was falsely accused for attempted rape and spent several long years in prison. And so it looked like God had forgotten all about Joseph in that prison. It looked like God was not on anything in that prison. Uh, uh, but that was just the way things appeared from the surface, okay? In all of his trials, God had been with Joseph, leading him uh, and blessing him and developing him uh, for God's glory. And after a long time, uh, God delivered Joseph out of the prison. Uh, and um, from that Egyptian prison, upon the call of Pharaoh, uh, and put him into Pharaoh's house, okay? He put him into Pharaoh's house, and Pharaoh took him from that prison uh, and made him the prime minister, after he answered the dreams, he made him the prime minister over all of the land of Egypt, second in charge, over all the land in Egypt. And in that new position, uh, Joseph had great power and great wealth. Uh, how can you give something to somebody who owns it all, right? And so we remember that. He had everything that he needed in that land. Uh, and it was he was used greatly of the Lord to save the entire nation of Egypt at that point of time. A wicked pagan nation, actually. Um, but but he used it and much of the... It also saved much of the world in that day as well. Um, because um, from, from, from definite starvation... They were going to starve is what was going to happen. A famine was upon the whole world. I believe the Bible when the Bible says the whole world, by the way. I do believe it. I believe that when Noah's ark was flooded, I believe that the whole world was flooded. It wasn't just what a man could see. The whole entire world was flooded because if it wasn't, then when God comes back to fill the world with fire, he's only going to fill what you can see. That doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. Um, but that's what a lot of people believe, by the way. Uh, um, um, but a famine was upon the world, and people from all over came to Egypt to buy food. And among those were came who came were the ten brothers, elder brothers uh, of Joseph. Is it just um, accident or providence? It's providence, okay? I just want you to know that. It's providence. And so they came to get food. Uh, they did not recognize Joseph, but Joseph recognized them. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, and so um, the next, few, the last few weeks we have seen uh, the uh, events transpire. Uh, uh, and then Joseph uh, brought his brothers uh, 
um, to a place of confession and they admitted uh, what they had done some years to him earlier. They admitted what they had done to him in confession. And last week we saw how Joseph uh, revealed his identity to his brethren uh, and they were forgiven and all was well when they left off. And now this week we come to our passage today. Joseph had sent his brothers back to Canaan, <coughs> excuse me, to get their father and their families. He's headed back to Canaan, and they have all been invited uh, to move down to Egypt where they can be fed and where they can be freed and where everything and protected by Joseph in that land. And in our text this evening, we see Jacob finding out that his son, Joseph, is still alive. And um, so, so we see him leave his home in Canaan in this text to go down to Egypt to meet his favorite son, Joseph, and whom he has not seen in probably some 22 to 25 years, okay? He has not seen him in that long a time. For all he knew, he was dead. And as we watch old joke Jacob at this point of time, moving down to Egypt, we can see how God can bring victory out of sorrow. God can bring uh, something big out of something that is absolutely nothing, that's hopeless, that's useless. Uh, he can bring help and he can bring uh, revival and he can bring all of those things. Uh, and I want you to see how God turned things around for, the, for Jacob in this, uh, in this text here. I'm going to preach on this thought tonight. Joseph is alive and Jacob is revived. That's what I want to preach on tonight. Joseph is alive. Jacob is revived. I want you to know the three points will be done. For number one, I want you to notice Jacob's regularity. Okay, verse 25. The Bible tells us, uh, <coughs> I don't know what I'm going through right now, but I feel like I got something in my throat. Verse 25, the Bible says, And they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan to Jacob, their father, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is, our, he is governor over all the land uh, of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. So Jacob's regularity, Jacob's life was full of tr struggles uh, and trials uh, and heartache and heartbreak and everything you can possibly think of. Uh, Jacob's life was full of that. He grew up in a home uh, where there was uh, no stableness, to be honest with you. It was a mess between himself and his brothers, his brother Esau. Uh, it was nothing but a fight and a mess all the time, it seemed like. Uh, he, had he had left his home uh, after he'd helped his mother deceive his father, Isaac. Uh, he deceived them, uh, his father, and after he stole his brother's birthright and all of that took place. Uh, Jacob spent the next years working for his uncle Laban down in the land uh, and he worked for his uncle Laban and he and his uncle worked as hard as they could uh, to trick and to deceive each other day by day by day. Uh, that's all they ever did and finally Jacob's le Jacob leaves uh, Laban's house uh, uh, to return to the land of his father's uh, and he goes back there uh, and on the way home his beloved wife Rachel dies uh, and all 
of this happens, and then then later his favorite son Jake, Joseph goes missing, uh, and so uh, um, but it, but really, or he's dead, as everybody says, uh, and that is a small layout of Jacob's life throughout the years as it transpired to seemingly worse and worse and worse, but it sets the future up for him, uh, is what it does. Uh, he has become an old man at this point in time, uh, and you'll notice in the next few chapters, I think at the end of chapter number 20, uh, 47, uh, Jacob is dying, uh, and that's where he is, uh, and so here he is. I want you to notice a few j- details. I want you to notice, number one, the personality of Jacob. Uh, the personality of Jacob. From an early age, uh, Jacob had been taught to expect the worst. Uh, Jacob had been taught to live that way. He had been trained uh, to be a doubter. He had been trained to be a worrier. What does Jacob mean? Does anybody know? Deceiver. It means shyster. It means uh, trickster. It means those types of things. And he had been trained to be a doubter. He had been trained to be a worrier. And notice the events that made his personality this way. Uh, well, we can look back at his mother. And you can write these verses down. Look at them when you get home. Uh, we can look back at his mother's teaching. Uh, so his mother's teaching, she led Jacob... To believe that his father Esau loved uh, loved loved Esau more than he loved Jacob, which he did, by the way. Uh, but she she led Jacob to believe that his father loved Esau more than he loved Jacob. Uh, Genesis chapter number twenty-seven, verse five. Uh, on you'll find that, uh, and she convinced Jacob uh, that Esau was out to kill him uh, and that he should leave the home. Now, if your mother's telling you that, ain't you gonna believe it? A life of worry, <coughs> a life of doubt, a life of deceiving. Uh, and so his mother's teaching. Uh, then we can look at Uncle Laban's teaching, okay? Uncle Laban's teaching, uh, he deceived Jacob when he gave Jacob Leah for a wife instead of Rachel. He deceived him. He deceived him is what he did. Genesis chapter number 29 and verse 16 and on. You'll find it there. He deceived Jacob also when he made his work all those years. Made him work all those years for his wives and flocks. He deceived him is what he did. He didn't even get what he worked for to begin with. And then he made him work another 10 years to get what he wanted. Genesis chapter number 30. You'll find that. And then later on Laban even threatened to kill Jacob. In Genesis chapter number 31. So his uncle's teaching, his mom's teaching, and we can see his wife's teaching. Now Leah accused Jacob of not loving her. Genesis chapter number 29, verse 32, the Bible tells you that. Rachel blamed Jacob for her failure to conceive children. I mean, wouldn't this get on your mind too? Genesis chapter number 30 and verse 1. She blamed him. So we see his wives teaching. Then we see his sons teaching. You with me now? We went through this. We can see his sons teaching. So his sons, what did they do? They came to him carrying the coat of Joseph. Carrying the coat of Joseph. They had killed a goat and they had smeared its blood on that coat. And when Jacob saw the coat, his doubts rose to the occasion and he assumed that Joseph must be there. Genesis chapter number 37, verse number 31. And then we can see his life's teaching. What did life teach Joseph, Jacob? Well, he was forced to leave his home. He was deceived by his uncle. He he lived with four wives and 12 children. 
his sons, with the exception of Jacob, Joseph, and Benjamin, were evil. <laughs> they were evil men. His own home was filled with serious immorality and sin. Some serious immorality and sin. His wife died. His brother hated him. I mean, you can find that all in Genesis. His sons deceived him and lied to him. You think they might have learned that from daddy too, though? Just a thought. And his favorite son was ripped out of his arms. Everything has aspired to what it is today, what we just read. And now his sons are down in Egypt, and I'm sure that Jacob thinks that he will never see his boys again. Any of them. Remember, remember what he said about Benjamin. He said, I'll go to my grave. He said, I've already been bereaved about Jacob. For 20 years he cried about Jacob. Joseph, excuse me. And now we got Benjamin out in Egypt. Surely he's not coming back again. He expects the worst possible outcome of all the things. Can you blame him? Because all he's ever experienced was the worst possible outcome. Some of you may have had that same kind of training in your life. And you have been taught to expect the worst. And you have, maybe, maybe it was a parent that didn't love another. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was a, trust, a, a trusted adult that violated you or whatever the situation. Maybe it was a, a supposed friend who totally destroyed your confidence in them. You, you with me, right? I mean, this has happened to people. This happens to people. And, you know, maybe you still hear the voices of your he- in your head. Uh, and you ain't nothing. You ain't, you're worthless. And I wish you'd never been born. Uh, anybody ever heard that? I hope not. But it, but it happens. It happens, okay? Uh, and, you know, you, know, you, you, you just turn uh, and you, you'll turn out like your father and mother. It happens. Maybe you've walked through some hard places of life and some scars have been left on your mind and on your heart and maybe on your body. And these things are part of the world. They're part of this world. They shouldn't be, but they're a product of sin, right? Adam's race. They're a product of sin, and when they happen, they can be devastating. And they can, they, can, they can mark your mind and they can mark your life for an entire lifetime. They can do that. But I tell you, it can become a regularity in your life. It can become something that's just so the same thing. And what we need to preach to our own hearts every now and then, we need to remind ourselves that in Jesus Christ, things are different. Things do not have to be like they used to be. Things can be different change. 2 Timothy, I think it is. I, I think it is. I don't know. 2 Timothy chapter number um, uh, chapter number 1. Let me turn over there real quick. The Bible says in verse number 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Right? Sound mind. God hath not given us. Oh, but the world's given you all those things. The world has given you the fear and the, the fear. The world has given you that type of attitude. Paul says, and I mean, Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter number 1, I think, uh, I can't remember what verse it is. Verse number, let's see. 
And I thank Christ Jesus, verse 12, our Lord, hath enabled me. No, that's not the right verse. Oh, verse 13. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. We have all been there, right? We've all been there. But my point of this whole, whole conclusion is, is that Jacob's regularity was doubt, worry, and fear, and all of those things. And Joseph, Jacob said in verse number 26, and Jacob's heart's fainted, for he believed them not. We can't blame him. We cannot blame him. So we see, we see simply the personality of Jacob. Then I want you to notice the problems of Jacob. His sons returned from Egypt. Right? Verse, verse 27, they returned. Verse 26, they returned, excuse me. They returned from Egypt and they come with, with barren good news. Real good news. They tell their father that, that Joseph is alive. And he's well down in Egypt. He's good. And they tell, that, they tell him that Joseph is the ruler of the entire land. Hey, he's governor over this land down there. And when Jacob hears this, he heart skips a few beats. He cannot believe what he's hearing. He refuses to believe that it could even be true. And so Jacob had held so tightly to his belief uh, that Joseph was dead for so many years that he could not even grasp the truth that he might be alive. Is that not the world today? You tell them about Jesus, that's how they are. You bear the good news to them and they're going to reject it. Why? Because they've heard it for all those years the other way. You listen to it, Catholicism, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, all that because it's been drilled into their minds. Same thing with Jacob. Man, I could preach on that all day long. I could preach on the deception of cults in this, this passage. I tell you, friend, he refuses to believe that it could even be true. The good news he heard was simply unbelievable. It was unbelievable, and that's the problem with doubt. Uh, that's the problem. It has the power to knock faith uh, completely out of our hearts and completely out of our, our lives and completely out of all those things. Doubt is a powerful weapon. It is. Notice how doubt manifests itself in several places in the Bible. You know, doubt gets got so many in the Bible. You read over there. In John chapter number 11, verse number 24-25, somewhere around there. Might be a little farther than that. Mary comes up running to Jesus and she said, If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And then Jesus tells her, I know in verse 25, hey, I'm the resurrection, I'm the life. And so, so, so we got all of those types of things. Uh, John chapter 11, uh, on a little farther, you'll find that there's still more doubt. And then you'll find in Mark chapter number 5, where the, where the verse 30 plus, you'll find the re- raising of Jairus' daughter. He thought she was too far gone. Can I just remind y'all that there ain't nobody too far gone for Jesus? Amen, Amen friend. Luke chapter 5. You'll read it for a doubter. There's many doubters in the Bible, okay? My point. But doubt was wrong in every case. John the Baptist doubted. 
John the Baptist doubted the person of Christ. By the way, he had met him. He doubted the person of Jesus Christ. Is it wrong to doubt? Absolutely. Is it, are you going to doubt? Absolutely. I'm just telling you, doubt is always wrong, but when doubts come your way, remind them of just who God is. Remind them, I know it's harder than just that. But friends, I tell you, God is able to, to supply all your needs. God's able to do things. God's able to, if you'll put him first and if you'll keep faith in the word of God, we've been preaching on faith, if you'll keep faith in the word of God, I promise you, doubt seems to perish. And when you doubt, look in God's eyes. See it through God's perspective. Doubt seems to fade when that happens. So we see Jacob's regularity. I, secondly, I want you to notice in verse 26 and verse 20. Well, we see, we, we already read verse 26. Verse 27. They told him all the words of Joseph. When he had said unto them, and which he had said unto them, and when he had saw the wagons which Joseph had, carried to, had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive, and I'll go see him before I die. So, I want you to notice Jacob's revival. And so, the sons of Jacob have returned from Egypt with incredible news, right? Wouldn't you say it's incredible news? And Jacob, however, is having a hard time comprehending what he's hearing. It's going in one ear and out the other, as we'd say down here in the valley. And like I think some of this preaching does sometimes, by the way. But his sons have concrete evidence that what they're saying is true. They have evidence. They have all the evidence they need. And they have a bunch of empty wagons in verse number 19. Uh, and they have a bunch, they have ten donkey, donkeys uh, carrying uh, the best of the land of Egypt. Ain't nobody could give that to them but for the man who owned it. I want to watch the meeting. Between Jacob and his sons as it, as, it, as it begins to aspire. So, these wagons, okay? These wagons. These wagons are what causes revival, by the way. Now, I don't, I don't, I, this is not in my message. I'm trying to get this out. I'd like to preach on those wagons. But I just ain't got it in me. I just don't have it in me tonight. But those wagons there are what caused revival to come. And the man upstairs, and I say that very loosely, because y'all know I hate that saying, the man upstairs, okay? But the man who is high power is the one who sent those wagons to get these men, okay? And so, and be, if he would not have sent those wagons, there would not have been a revival in that place. You believe that? There would not have been any type of revival in that place if the wagons had not been sent. I want you to know the problems that happens. The problems. The problems that came with those wagons. The Bible says, and they told him all the words of Joseph. I might get into preaching these wagons. I'm feeling it now. Uh, the, let, let, that, let, let, let that sink in. Let, let that just, just sit there for just a minute. For, for over 25 years, uh, um, the, for, for 22 to 25 years, uh, these men have allowed their father to believe uh, that his favorite son had been killed uh, by some animal out there. 
And for 20 to 25 years, uh, they had deceived their father and they had deprived him uh, of ever getting to spend any companionship or any time uh, with his son Joseph. But now they stand before him with ready wagons. Now they stand before him and everything comes out at one time. There's more going on here than just wagons. There's more going on here than just uh, what took place in Egypt. There's more going on here than that. Because he's just learning that these boys didn't kill him. You with me? He's just learning that. They tell him all about the lies uh, and all the cover-ups. And they tell him uh, how Joseph uh, had worked with them uh, until they made uh, a full confession and all of this stuff. And then they, they tell him about Joseph and all the glory that Joseph has down in Egypt. Uh, in verse number, let's see, verse number 13, the Bible says, And ye tell my father of all the glory in Egypt. All the glory that has. And Jacob learns uh, that the son uh, he thought was dead uh, is really the governor of all the land. uh, The one that has been providing the food for them. It's more than he can handle. Surely this old man is confused. Surely, uh, he's confused by everything that these boys tell him. Uh, he, he, he might have been angry at, at how they told him and all this. I don't know how they lied to him and uh, how they allowed him to suffer all the pain uh, and all the agony of this and grief uh, all of those years. Uh, but on the other hand, hope is beginning to take root in his heart. What if... They really are telling the truth. They've lied to me, but what if they're telling the truth? Now, what if Joseph really is alive? Is it possible? Every seed you plant in a lost person's heart, one day when they're laying in bed late at night, they're going to be thinking, what if that man was right? What if that woman was right? It's true. Those wagons brought with them some problems, friends. Those wagons brought with them plenty. As Jacob listened to these boys tell of all that was going on, he really wanted to believe it. But could he believe anything his sons told him? Did he dare believe anything these deceptive boys said to him? Think about that. This is how my mind works, y'all. As these doubts and as this stuff begins to um, grow in his mind, maybe one of his sons sensed the, 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 the doubt that his father was having with, with their story. And maybe he said, hey, hey, daddy. If you, if you can't take our word for it, follow me outside. If you can't take our word, come with me. I need, I need to take. Maybe, maybe Reuben walked up and said that. Maybe one of them boys walked up to him and said, Hey, why don't you just come with me? I've got to show you something. Look at what Joseph sent us. 
the old man goes to the Lord. Think about it. You with me right now? I know my mind's wandering. Now, now the, the, the old man Jacob goes to the door and he looks out. To his amazement, there's plenty out there. There's proof. There's everything that is needed out there for them. There's food. There's provisions. There's treasures. There's so much out there in that lap. Wouldn't you call it plenty? There are the there are all those things that that those there those aren't wagons for from Canaan boys. A bunch of deer running up the top of the hill. Those aren't wagons from Canaan. Those don't look like ours, boys. Those donkeys don't look as skinny as ours either. They look like they've been fed. Those wagons had the appearance of Egypt all over them. He, he sees it. You know what Jacob said? It is enough. Practically saying, I mean, we can go through it and just look at it, but practically saying, okay, I believe you. Let's pack up the bags, boys. We're gone. For the first time in over 20 years. I know we're up and down in this message. The first time in 20 years, uh, uh, Jacob begins to smile. And Jacob begins to, to have some type of excitement and some type of uh, some, some happiness in his life. Uh, uh, and for the first time in as many years, uh, tears of joy instead of tears of anguish. Uh, tears of happiness instead of bitterness. Uh, and tears uh, begin to fill the old man's eyes uh, and, and go down his old face. Uh, and for the first time in decades, uh, laughter erupts from his mouth. He says, it is enough. Hey, I will go and see him before I die. Jacob saw the wagons and Jacob became satisfied with what he saw. For the first time in all of that time, that's what he was. Those wagons came with plenty. Yeah. And then those wagons came with the promise. Verse 19. The Bible says, Now thou art commanded, This do ye, take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones, for your wives, and bring your father, and come. That tells us that those wagons were sent to Canaan, okay? God's given me a lot more than it's in my notes. I just want y'all to know. I'm not reading my notes right now because I, I'm really trying to, that's why I'm trying to go slow. I'm really trying to focus on the Lord tonight. Um, but those wagons came to transport Jacob home. You with me, right? Jacob's not going to die in Canaan. He's going to die in Egypt. There ain't nothing good about Egypt besides it's in the Bible. I want everybody to know that. 
and so so throughout all of these chapters Joseph is a is a is a constant picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and we see Joseph we see Jesus in Joseph's forgiveness we read about that last week we see um, um, Joseph and uh, Jesus and Joseph in his role as now we're seeing it as his role as their savior in his in their life we see it in his sufferings. We see it in his sanctity. We see it in his righteousness. We see it all of that in the same accounts of Jesus. And just as surely as Joseph sent wagons to carry, I got a lot of this, Brother Randy Baines, a help. I want to thank God. I'm not getting this just for myself, okay? The Lord's helped me. Randy, Brother Randy Baines helped me too. But he just helped me on the way down here, by the way. But, 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 but throughout these chapters, uh, all of this, uh, just as surely as Joseph sent wagons to carry his father safely into Egypt, uh, our Savior has given us a very precious blessings uh, that help us make it through this world. As he sent the provisions, the plenty to these men. He sent the provisions to these men, he, I mean, to his father. He sent the promise to his father. He sent all of these things. Uh, uh, he sent the, all of these uh, things to his father and the, the proof. And, and all of, I mean, we could go on and pee and pee and pee. But I tell you is that Jesus, uh, just as Joseph uh, had sent these wagons to, G, to his family, Jesus has done and sent a lot of blessings to us. When they sent Joseph away, Joseph was sent away empty. He was sent on wagons of terror. Right? He was sent on wagons with problems. Wagons with a lot of problems is what it was. There was all kinds of stuff. Pagans that he got sent with. But he got he sent back wagons of problems. That's a, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. I tell you, and, and the, the Lord has given us a lot of good stuff in our life, wouldn't you say? Amen. I mean, He's blessed us tremendously with, with spiritual blessings and, and so many different things. The Lord, He's blessed us with His Spirit. I mean, with the, Spirit, the Spirit of God indwells us, fills us, guides us on this life. He's, he, I mean, He's blessed us with His presence. The Bible tells us that, that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. The Bible tells us I'll be with you all waving to the end of the world. He's promised to walk with us every step of the way. He sent us provisions. He said that he will provide our need, right? He said, he said I'll provide your need according to my riches and glory. According to my riches and glory. What else has he sent us? Sent your blessing. Sent us his word. He sent us his word. I mean, we got the blessed word of God right in front of us. Peter said, Can I, I want to run this rabbit. I'll catch it. Just hold on a second. First, first, first Peter. First Peter. Turn with me. Turn with me. I need you to see this for just a second. See if I can find this verse. First Peter, chapter, second Peter, something. First Peter, I think, chapter one, maybe five or something. Let's see. trying to find this text. I cannot remember to save my life. I'm sorry, but I 
Here's the thing. I cannot find the verse, okay? Um, I cannot find the verse to save my life. But I want to I want to tell you this verse. I believe you go right home. Yeah, I think. Lord help me. Anyways, hold on. Verse seventeen, chapter Second Peter, chapter one. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is Peter speaking. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, what did he say? We heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Peter, Peter was with him, saw it and heard it, right? Then he said, we. Now that's speaking in a different term. That's speaking of all of us. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Where until you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in time, old time by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now Peter's saying to us right there. God sent us his word. Okay that's the point that we're making here. And Peter is simply saying. I I saw it with my carnal eyes. I I heard it with my carnal ears. But those things fail me. But the word of God will not fail me. I I can see it every time. I can read it any time. And through the as holy men of God spake. As they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Hey friend what I'm saying. They had it good. But we got it got it better we got the word of God sitting in front of us and half of you in here don't read it any day of the week I had the liberty to say that as your pastor I can go to read that the rest of that part he said overseers of the flock of God half of y'all don't read it God help God has given us the perfectly inspired word preserved Record of himself in the Bible. You know it's inerrant. It's absolutely perfect. It feeds the saint. It convicts the sinner. It converts the soul. It guides the steps. It does all those things. Thank God for his word. Amen. You know what else he gave us? He gave us salvation. You know God didn't have to save us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9. He tells us. For you saved by for you saved by grace through faith. Not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not worthless that any man should boast. So salvation gives us a perfect, makes us perfect and complete is what it does. And it washes away every sin. Did you hear me? It washes away every sin. Man, that's good. He promised his return. He gave us the promise of his return. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house many mansions. When I saw what I told you, go to a prayer place for you. If I go to a prayer place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may, all be, may be also. Acts chapter 1, verse 9, there's two angels standing. They're looking above. What are they looking at? Why stand ye gazing up into the heavens? For this same Jesus has left you will come back in like manner. 
He'll come back. Our Savior died. He rose again. And that's something that is good for us, friends. That's just a few blessings that he sent to us. But Joseph sent a load of blessings to these men and those lackeys. Amen? And guess what? That's his revival. It calls to his revival. Regularity. Revival. Lastly, I'm done. I want you to notice in verse chapter 46. Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. I want you to notice Jacob's reverence for alliteration purposes. Worship, however you want to say it. I don't know if you saw this or not, but in verse 25, and they went up out of Egypt. Now, now look at your Bible. And came into the land of Canaan unto who? Jacob, their father. Everybody look at your Bible. And told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And whose? Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them, and when he had saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of who? Jacob, their father, revived. And who? Israel. Said, it is enough. Anybody notice that? The brothers return home. And told, uh, they told a broken, they told a doubting, they told a, a, a man named Jacob that Joseph was alive. He believed them not. And when he saw the wagons, when he saw all those blessings, the Bible says in verse number 28, Israel said, it is enough. Try and take my time tonight. All of you need to hear preaching. Some of you more than others, amen. You see, Jacob was this man's fleshly name. It means schemer. It means trickster. It means deceiver. It means shyster, however you want to look at it. Jacob was all those things uh, and more. And then one night, near a brook named Jaboth, he, uh, he, Jacob met the Lord. And they wrestled with God, the Bible says, the night. And Jacob uh, got a new name. The Lord changed his name to Israel. And that name means Prince of God. Prince of God. This was his spiritual name. It was the flesh that doubted the news he heard. Isn't that good? It was the flesh that he that doubted the news of, uh, of Joseph's been alive. And when Jacob was in control, uh, and we see whining, we see fearful, we see a faithless man. But when faith reacted with his heart, Israel, the new man, believed God and followed the Lord confidently. That's how things change. Your flesh is not saved. But if you'll let the Spirit talk through you, your new man will speak. I promise you won't have a problem. Y'all hearing me? I promise you won't have a problem cussing. I promise you won't have a problem any of those if the spiritual man speaks. You with me tonight? Amen.
You won't have a problem with any of that stuff that the spiritual man speaks of. None of it. Because too much we let the flesh talk. Too much we let the flesh walk. Amen. Amen. It's true. And you won't have a problem at all if the spiritual man takes control. Amen, friend. That's a truth and I thank God for it. Amen. I want you to notice three things. Verse number one, Israel took his journey with all that he had. Came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices in the Lord. Well, let's look at verse 27. We already read that. Verse 26. We see fear. Faithlessness. So Jacob takes his possessions. And he heads with his family to Egypt. And you'll notice that Pharaoh sent word that they would not need their stuff in Egypt in Genesis chapter number 45 verse 20. Also regard not your stuff, he said. Regard not your stuff. You, you won't need it down here. You won't need it down here. They were, they were to leave all things behind. See, you don't catch that until you study your Bible. And so we got over here in verse 20 where they were told not to take their stuff. But what does it say? And Israel took his journey with all that he had. I believe the Bible when it says all, and I believe, believe it means all. And so they were to leave all the things behind um, because Pharaoh would give them all they needed when they arrived in Egypt. And Jacob takes everything he has, and he packs all his stuff, and he takes it with him. And it seems that he's still having a hard time letting things go. There's an application here. Application here. There's too many even of us in this church tonight trying to take stuff with us to heaven. Amen. Trying to take stuff with us to heaven. We live for the things of this world. Y'all know I'm right tonight. You ain't got to give me an amen. It's not a, I'm not an emotional man. I mean, I'm emotional, but you ain't got to give me an amen. All I'm saying tonight is we got too much stuff that we're wanting to take with us to heaven. Too many possessions that we want to take with us. You say, preacher, I do not want to take it to heaven. You're living like your life shows otherwise. Amen. Your life shows otherwise. I'm just preaching the book, man. Your life shows otherwise. And Jacob had so much fear in his life that there would not be provisions over there that he kept stuff up. Something wrong with us. There's something wrong with us because we keep too many things in our life to provide for us when God said he would. Amen. Amen. We keep too much money for, because God won't provide it. Amen. We, we keep too much possessions because God won't provide it. Y'all know I'm right. We, we do it. We do it too often. We do it too often. And when those things are put in front of God, can I tell you something? You know what you got? A God. Amen. Preaching while we have the opportunity. A God is what you got. I don't care what it is. If anything comes before God, it is a God. I don't care if it's of Elisha. If he's in front of God, it's a God. And Jacob was heading down, and he could not leave his stuff behind. Stuff ain't going to get you nowhere. Stuff ain't going to get you to heaven. Stuff ain't going to get you to the will of God. Stuff is not going to get you anywhere. 
I'm preaching this with pure love tonight. I, I love you to death. But I'm just telling you that God's honest truth tonight are based upon the word of God. Jacob had fear that the man of the owner, the man who was over it all, would not provide for him when he got to that land. And so he tried to provide for himself. God help us. God help us. God help us. We see Jacob's faithlessness. Verse 1, And offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt. See, God, God wouldn't have to tell him not to fear, okay? God would not tell him not, you don't have to fear unless he had fear. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will make thee, I, I, I will there make of thee a great nation. I will not hear, but I will there. You know, sometimes God has to get us to a point where we do release all of our junk and all of our stuff so he can get us there, okay? There. That's where you need to be. That's where all of you need to be. There. That's where I need to be. There, where God wants us. I will go down with thee into Egypt. I will also surely bring thee up again, and Joseph shall make, put his hand upon thine eyes. And so I want you to notice, secondly, not just his faithlessness, but secondly, I want you to notice Jacob's faith. Okay, so Jacob's faith. So the Bible says they came to Beersheba. Now, Beersheba was at the very southern part of Canaan, okay? Study out your maps, you'll find that. It was at a very southern part of Canaan. When a, when a person traveled out to past, uh, traveled past Beersheba, he, he had left the promised land behind, okay? Before Israel leaves Canaan, he pauses to worship the Lord. And there can be little, little doubt that, that, that Jacob remembered the, the stories of his grandfather Abraham uh, uh, where he left Canaan to go down into Egypt. And he remembered that the trouble that came to the family because of Abraham, Abraham's lack of faith is what it was. And so, so before he makes this journey, Jacob wants to know that this is the Lord's will for his life. So God answers Jacob's prayers and assures him that all is well. So God promises to go with Jacob and God promises to protect, protect Jacob and God promises that he'll see Jacob through uh, and that Joseph uh, will attend uh, to Jacob when he dies. Read at the end of verse four, chapter 47 and you'll find that Jacob, Joseph put his hands on his face. God gives Jacob the go-go side. Jacob's examples, it's a good one for us to follow today, friend. Before he took such a large step of faith, he sought the Lord's face in it. He sought God. 
Let me ask you this question. Did you really pray about that big step? Did you really pray about that big step? Or did you just do it because you wanted to? You'll get that tomorrow. There's no time for mistakes. There's no time for detours. There's no time for wrong turns. The Lord has a plan and he has a path. And it's our duty as children of God to find what he wants for our life. It is our duty to do that and walk in it faithfully. We must be sure we wait upon the Lord. Can I give you some advice? Everybody says, there is real, I mean, Isaiah chapter number something um, tells us that, it tells us this. It tells us that there is, that those who wait upon the Lord. Anybody know that verse? Shall be upon wings like eagles. It's not talking about waiting as you know waiting. It's talking about waiting. If you go to a restaurant, you're going to have somebody wait on you. Is that right? That's what it's talking about. So what's that waiter doing? They're serving you. You need to serve the Lord while you're waiting. You need to serve God while you're standing there and not doing anything for God. You need to serve Him in your local church because that is God's will. I want everybody to know that. That is God's will. Everybody all right with that? Can I say it again? That is God's will. It's God's will to serve in your local church. It's God's will for you to go out and door knock with the local church. It's God's will for you uh, to pay tithes and missions into the local church. It's God's will for you to go out of the local church. It's God's will for you to be faithful to the local church. And it's God's will for you to be at the local church and be under a man of God hearing the word of God or you will not grow with God. Amen, friend. Amen. You say, preacher, I feel like you're talking to me. I am. Just kidding. I'll tell you this. The word of God is strong and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And let me tell you the truth in that. There's a lot. There's some people who are not growing. I see it. You might not, but I see it. I am your pastor. I am the overseer of this church. And I watch your every move. I'm not saying I creep on you. I'm not saying any of that kind of stuff. What I'm telling you is you need to grow in the Lord. You need to grow in the Lord. There's a time coming when God's going to test you for your works. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. I'm not talking about missing church. I'm not, I'm not just talking about anything like that. I'm telling you, talking about growth, okay? I'm talking about growing in the Lord. You will only grow in the Lord under the word of the Lord, okay? That's the only way you're going to grow. It's the only way a person grows is under the word of the Lord. And people are so far behind. Their spiritual maturity should be more mature. See, it's faithlessness. It's faith. Lastly, I want you to know this in verse number five. The Bible says, and Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father, and their little ones, and their wives, and the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry them. And they took their cattle and their goods, which, while, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, came into Egypt, Jacob, and all of his seed with him. Sons, his daughters, his sons with him, his daughters, and his sons' daughters, and all his seed brought he 
with him into Egypt. I want you to notice Jacob's refusal. So Jacob hears the word of the Lord, by the way. And he moves to follow God. Can I tell you that God never leads a person without the word of God? Have we not learned that through the two, two sermons out of the faith, faith book? Out of Hebrews chapter 11? We've learned that. Every single one, every single one of them learned by faith. Every single one of them walked by faith. And faith is what? Substance of things hoped for. It's the title deed of your, your, it's the title deed of your life. And, and, and it's all of those things. That faith is absolutely the assurance that God, through His Word, will do what He said He would do. So Jacob hears the word of the Lord. He moves and he follows God. Because he does, the family of Israel is preserved through the famine. They wouldn't have been if God didn't provide it for them. They wouldn't have been if Joseph wouldn't have provided for them. He's a type of Christ. But now they're in a position where they are protected by the armies of Egypt. This is post-law, okay? Understand, the law has not been written yet. You with me? It's post-law. There's a lot that's going to transpire from this point. And they're fitting to go down to Goshen and live there, okay? And they're fixing to go down there and live there in a place of provision, a place of protection, and a place of promise that God has given them in a land of pagans, but God put them there. And over the next few hundred years, they'll grow from a struggling family to a nation numbering a few million. So that's a lot, preacher. It is a lot. You'll find over there that Sarah birthed the baby, that through that came the sands of the sea. She birthed Isaac. Who birthed, who, who his wife birthed, who? Jacob. Birth the rest of them through his wives. Through the sands of the sea. Couldn't be numbered. And Israel will soon be led out of bondage out of Egypt. Not soon. It'll be a few hundred years, but they'll get there. And because Jacob followed God, he put his family in a position. They could be blessed by God. And you know, I'll tell you something. If you go to Matthew chapter number one, you'll find that every single member of Jesus' family is of the family of who? Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, um, Judah. To the end. And you'll find that there's so many of them in there that come down. All started by a faithless, faithful man. Once faithless, became faithful. And then, because of that, he had a future. He had a dear future. All because he followed God's will for his life. Y'all know what we told y'all a few weeks ago? That we're trying to follow God's will for our life. And eventually, we'll get God's will for our life. 
and one of them to be the pastor here. And we mentioned that two Sundays ago. I tell you this, is that God, if you'll follow him, you will be faithful in many things. But first, you've got to be faithful in small things. And he'll make you ruler over many things. Don't you think Joseph was faithful in the small things? Well, let's see. He was faithful in the pit. He was faithful in the prison. He was faithful in Potiphar's house. And now he's faithful in the palace. And because of his faithfulness, many are rewarded. Take that and suck that in. Because of Joseph's faithfulness, the whole family of Israel are rewarded with spiritual blessings. Where does this text find you today? Are you living in fear, doubt, ideas, and Jacob's reward? Are you needing provision? I promise your Lord can provide. Amen. He can provide. If you have any slightest doubt that He can't provide, you got your faith in the wrong thing. Or are you looking for direction in life? For the big stuff. It is enough. So Jacob said. And this is how Jacob went down. Joseph is alive. But Jacob is revived. I want to give an altar call tonight. I'd like to give an altar call. We don't always give altar calls on Wednesday nights. Sometimes the Lord leads it, so I just got to listen to Him. Jacob went from a simple fact. He went from the regularity of his life to the revival in his life. The regularity of fear and worry deceiving and and all of those things he went from that then he had a revival in his heart when he found out that the man who was dead is alive and then he went on a little farther and simply as it is he 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 began to he began to get to a point where he reverenced the Lord that's the best place he could have been And he went from faithless to seeing his future. Faithless to faith to future. But it took God. It's going to take God to get you there. It's going to take God to get you there. You know what you need tonight. You stand to your feet. Lord bless. Have your will. Have your way. Help your people grow spiritually. Physically in the will of God. Spiritually in the will of God, God, get directions for the lives, Lord. Lord, everybody can't stay on a church pew forever. But Lord, if Jacob would have said no, none of the rest of it would have happened.
God, it reminds me of scripture where the Bible tells us in the, in the book of Jonah. Where Jonah said no. While you were saying go. Lord, eventually, he had to come to the place where he just submitted to your will for his life. God, help your people. Help this church, God. Lord, I don't want to do it any, any disjustice, Lord, for the preaching of the word. God, I want to be faithful to you. That's what I want to be. Lord, I don't want to have to live the life of Joseph, Jacob, excuse me. Lord, I want to have to live that life, Lord. A life of worry, a life of doubt, a life of fear, a life of dread, a life of uh, dismay, a life of turmoil, Lord, a life of all those things, God. But Lord, I want to live a life of faith, resting upon the promises of God. Lord, I want to live a life, not of regularity, Lord, where I get comfortable with the things of God. We'll come in and do the same things every single week. Not a life of regularity, Lord, but a life of revival. Lord, a life, God, of reverence unto you and your blessed name. God, help me to be the man you want me to be. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Lord, your word tells us that steward is to be found faithful. Lord, you tell us that if we'll be faithful in small things, you'll make us ruler over many. Lord, you tell us many things in your word. God, we cannot do it without you. Help us, God, be faithful. Help us, God, to serve while we wait. Help us, God, to be people of God that you want us to be. God, put a burden on our hearts and lead us and guide us and direct us. God, help us to stay under the word of God as much as we can. Stay in the word of God as much as we can, God. That is where growth comes from. Lord, we pray, God, that we not come short of that. Dear God, we pray you bless this church. Bless the people of the church. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name.